Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Huddle Up with Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne, along with Howard Richards here on ClavesOnline.com. And we're going to talk some football here for a bit. And first of all, Howard, good to see you, sir. Good to see you, too, Michael. How's it going? Well, everything is good. Um, let's start right off with Mizzou. That, that was, I was a little surprised in, in what I saw. And, and granted, it's early. Uh, my question to you is, is the defense fixable? Because I thought the offense really showed a lot of poise, uh, did some things well. They, the running game is a little bit more substantial. And I think some people thought, I think when they see Eli Drinkwitz, they always think every pay, every play is a pass. That's not the case. Um, I thought the offense did some things well, but this defense, uh, second week in a row, and, and competition was a little better. It was, and the biggest problem, I think, uh, I will say right off the bat, this is not a coaching issue, uh, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a, a scheme issue. I think the problem that, that you and I know uh, really exists there, it's a talent issue. Uh, if you look at Missouri's defensive line, and if you, let's just start with the elephants in the room. Look at the elite at the top of uh, uh, the SEC. Uh, their defensive linemen, you know, look a lot different than ours do. They're they're bigger, <laughs> they're stronger, um, and, and they're just they're more athletic. Um, we are fundamentally not getting things done. That you know, as a as an edge rusher, you know, in the run game. Your first responsibility is protecting. You don't let anything get outside. outside you. I learned that in high school. Absolutely. Um, and they, they may have to adjust some of the alignments. I think the guys are playing a little too tight on the tackles. Um, so if they move outside, you know, that gives them a little bit of an advantage in protecting, you know, using that inside shoulder and, and keeping their outside shoulder free. Uh, it makes it tougher on the, uh, whoever's trying to block you, whether it's the offensive tackle or tight end or someone coming in motion to block you. But the key is keeping everything, all the traffic to the inside. Um, that's an area where, you know, both Central Michigan uh, and Kentucky had had great success exploiting, you know, running outside, running off tackle. So that's got to be fixed. But, you know, these guys just think that um, they just aren't there yet. They haven't figured it out. Um, and again, these are the players that were on the roster for the most part um, that uh, Eli Drinkwitz inherited from the Barry Odom era. So until they recruit and get their guys in in a couple of years, then there may they may continue to struggle. Um, now, will they get better? Uh, we hope. I think the, the, the possibility is there as they go uh, week by week. Uh, and that's got to get done. Otherwise, it's going to be a struggle. If, if Missouri on defense had if you slash the number of rushing yards that Kentucky had, which is 341, if you cut that number in half, I think Missouri gets a chance to win uh, that Kentucky game. Because they I were in it. You know, I agree. Yeah. So that's got to be stopped. That's got to be fixed pretty quickly. You, you know, here's the thing, and you use the word fundamental. Weren't we all taught at some level to stay low as a lineman? Uh, you know, they had drills for that. And the first thing I saw the tackles do, and even the defensive ends, they stand up. You're a bigger target to be blocked. I mean, you give a guy multiple options on how to block you. And once they get blown out, the linebackers, and I think the linebackers play maybe a little too wide as far as they're basically lined up on the tackles instead of being in the middle of the field. There's a lot of things that I see 
that guys don't have good good fundamentals in knowing just the basics of of line play, and, and that's something that they've got to work on. I don't know who was coaching them before now, but obviously um, the the new staff defensively has their work in, in front of them, coaching up players that probably aren't as good as they need to be in order to be successful in the SEC. Not everyone is adaptable to every scheme. Uh, so you as a staff, you're recruiting uh, players that uh, you want and you know that will be successful when what you're trying to do exceptionally. So that's probably the biggest issue. All right. Uh, we talked about the offense. I like what I saw offensively. I saw a variety. I saw him use multiple players. And I think when you're a team like Missouri, guys are competing for snaps. And if you are able to take advantage of the snaps you're given, you're probably going to get more snaps the following week. No doubt. Um, you got to be ready for your opportunity. And Eli has said this from the time that he's gotten here. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, what you do in practice is what matters. Uh, so if you're going to play on Saturdays, you've got to perform throughout the week. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know why that's so difficult for people to understand. Um, because you, we all know you play like you practice. If you're not getting it done during the week, uh, the, the expectation of what you're going to do on Saturdays is got to be very low. Uh, and, and, it is, so, and I think it, it creates that competition that I've got to work. It's like the NFL. If you don't work at your craft, if you're not out there doing the little things, if you're not working before practice uh, and after practice on you know, the, the details of what it takes to get better, then you won't get better. Um, but to me, that's a mindset. And I think the staff, the coaching staff uh, that I've had a chance to talk to, they're detail-oriented. And if you are, to me, disadvantaged and talentful, all the more reason for you guys to try to get in that extra work. Uh, And that's the only way you're going to be able to compete uh, from week to week and really have an opportunity to win games. All right, Southeast Missouri State is up next, and that's a team that uh, was put on the schedule. More, I I call them a blood donor. Uh, And, and, you know, Missouri obviously can work on some things uh, as they get ready for conference play. Uh, And, oh, Boston College is next. But uh, Southeast Missouri State is one of those teams, you you better pounce on them early. If the longer you stay in the game, then maybe you have a few people that might panic. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Missouri should be in good shape against Southeast Missouri State. And not throwing shade at this team because they're an FCS uh, opponent. But this is a game Missouri must take care of, and they've got to get out to a a big start. Mm -hmm. Um, And and why do I say that? Because I think you've got to take a look at some players on your roster that haven't had an opportunity early in the season, guys that may be looking at getting registered later on or guys that you want to be able to count on later in the season should guys get, uh, you know, some of your starters go down with injuries or just are not performing. You want to know what guys can do, um, you know, when the, when the game is on the line here. Uh, so I think that's an opportunity, you know, whether it's early in the first half or uh, if you have sort of measured substitutions, you know, throughout the game or, you know, giving a lot of playing time to these younger players in the second half. But I think it's it's uh, sympathetic that they get on the field in a game like this just to see, you know, where they are from a depth perspective. Um, 
and Southeast Missouri is a team that uh, they've done some things. They're 0-2, but they've done some things. They've blocked 12 kicks over the past several years. Um, and they like to get after it on the defensive end. They could run the ball, too. But you know, we'll see what Missouri... You know, the only thing faster than this supersonic golf cart are the closing times at thehomeloanexpert.com. Mortgage rates on the twos, and we have a 21-day closing guarantee. Apply online today at thehomeloanexpert.com. Howard Richards is with us. And Howard, uh, before we get to the NFL, let's talk a little bit about college football. USC, uh, I didn't think Stanford was a trap game. I thought USC was better than that because Stanford's not very good. But uh, obviously they saw something where they felt like they couldn't go any further with their head coach and hence they cut ties uh, early in the season. Uh, What do you think about how a guy can get, get his feet cut off from under him so early? Well, I think that USC has had looked at Clay Helton as uh, a guy that could have turned their program around a lot sooner. And it, whether I, I don't remember how many years he's been there, maybe five or six now. Well, he started um, there in 2010 as an assistant, a okay, quality so guy. So he's moved right. up the ladder quite a bit. Yeah. But, you know, from a, from a leadership standpoint, you know, whether it's, it's recruiting, whether it's the product on the field, um, you know, that's one of the things that factors into him being uh, released as or relieved of his duties as head coach. And the new athletic director, I believe, he came from Cincinnati. Obviously, you know how uh, uh, when people get into those positions, they want to have their own people or they have good re- working relationships with. Uh, so it's probably a, a factor of that as well. And USC is really one of the premium jobs in college football. Uh, they feel that they should be dominant uh, nationally uh, in the in the top 25 regularly. Uh, they should be dominant in their own conference in the back 12. Uh, that's not getting done, so they decided to make that move. So uh, you hear so many names out there, and, you know, what if you're the interim guy? I mean, basically, they've already looked over you as far as making this a national search. Uh, does he have enough? Uh, time to to garner the interest of the, the decision makers here, or is he just a guy just keeping the seat warm for somebody else? That depends on what they do in their next what ten games. Um, he could emerge as a viable candidate if he's able to uh, get the Trojans competitive and possibly to a bowl game. Uh, but there is the fact that again. You've got an athletic director that may want a fresh set of eyes, uh, a fresh start, a fresh new coaching staff. And I think if you're really looking to do something, uh, I'd say make a splash hire, if you will, there's a guy that, at Kansas City that we all have heard of for several years that should probably get a shot um, and an interview, at the very least, at that job, and that's Eric Bieniemy, who has been a rising star in the NFL for a long time, working, of course, uh, with Andy Reid. Um, and I know he has expressed interest in that USC job. He's from the Los Angeles area. Uh, and, and with those types of ties, I think that, uh, you know, it, it could bode well for USC to at least get him in there, hear what he wants to do philosophically, hear what his thoughts are on, on recruiting and building a program. You know, I, I've, I've heard people talk about him being from L.A. And, yeah, he was born there. 
But Eric Bieniemy hasn't lived in L.A. since he was 17 years old. Uh, he, he lived in Aurora when he went to college and went back there. And, and there's a longer story on why he moved to Colorado. But uh, I, I think, and in, in, I don't know if you know him at all, I know him reasonably well. His passion alone will get him to second base instead of first base when it comes to recruiting and just the energy that he's going to bring. I've been told that maybe he doesn't interview well, but you know what? I don't really care. If he can produce – and let's face it, if you watch the Chiefs, I know everybody gives uh, Andy Reid a lot of credit, and, and they do, but if you don't think Eric Bieniemy is showing Andy Reid the, the game plan before they Im- implement it, then you're sadly mistaken. His fingerprints are all over this offense. No doubt, and he has the input in what they do. Andy Reid wouldn't be propping up mm-hmm. a guy like Eric Bieniemy if he didn't believe that he has – uh, a, a the football acumen to be able to run a football program, um, and, and look at the number of guys that Andy Reid has uh, uh, basically propelled to other jobs around the league. Um, and the, uh, the guy at uh, Philadelphia, you know, was his top assistant, you know, really in the in the role that the enemy is in now. And uh, you know, why would you not give him that opportunity if you're going to give the, the same opportunity to one? Uh, forget that nonsense about him interviewing well. You know, he's not interviewing on Saturdays. Exactly. <laughs> football team. Exactly. exactly. So I, 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 that narrative is, is always, it just hasn't always set well with me. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a dog whisper. It's a dog whisper. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Let's take another break. Howard Richards, it's how, Huddle Up with Howard. We'll be back after this. Every day, Amron, Illinois works to deliver reliable energy throughout the state to on-the-go families, in-the-know grandparents, and busy students. But did you know we also have ways to manage your energy? Paperless billing, outage notifications, pick a due date, auto pay, and so much more. So no matter who you are or how you use your energy, there's an option that's right for you. Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash options. Final segment with Huddle Up with Howard. Let's talk some NFL. First week is in the books. Um, I'm one that always... I'm leery of how things unfold and I don't put much stock into what I see in week one, because a um, you've had a whole off season to prepare for one game. B I don't think Howard, and, and this is where we've talked about this before. I don't think guys are in football shape yet. You know, you go through practices and, and OTAs and everything. You're tapping a guy on the shoulder, you know, you're in shirts and shorts and your, and your helmet. There's no real physical contact on what you're going to see on Sunday that they've been prepared to do because the good players don't even play in the exhibition season. So I'm of the belief that we have to wait another three or four weeks before we see what these guys are capable of actually doing. And that's if you don't get hurt between now and then. A great point. And you can blame collective bargaining for that. Uh, Players no longer do two-a-day practices, which was (laughs) – as you know, the, the, the era that we grew up in football, that was a staple from high school oh, yeah. to college to the NFL. Uh, not just two days, but practicing uh, in full pads. That's well, the how- only way in this sport that you're going to be able to even come close to simulating uh, full game speed. You know, I, I always remind people, and I don't know if they did it at Mizzou, but before classes started, there were such things as three-a-days. Where you'd be up early, you go through some, you go through some work, and then you have another practice before lunch, and you have one either in the afternoon or evening, 
And, you know, you obviously had the morning off if you had an evening practice, but, you know, that's changed dramatically. And I'm not sure if there's another sport where we've seen such a, a drastic change in preparation and practices of concern in what we see in football. Yeah. First of all, we did not do three days at Mizzou. Um, I think back in the day, I think back in the day, OU uh, was one of the teams that did that. And I think that third practice would have been more of a, a walkthrough, if you yeah. will. Um, so there wasn't as much physicality there. I think that also may have been a product of uh, keeping your players engaged and off the streets, if you will. Good point. So, and at that school. And you know, I readily agree that keeping me off the street was probably better for me and everybody else. So I, I have no beef about hey, that. You t- if you tire them out, they're too tired to engage to, in other things. Exactly. Right? And, and they won. Yeah, they, they got it right. Um, but your point about, uh, I think you're seeing a lot more injuries early on as a result because you, when you go from walk through speed or half speed into full speed, the body has not acclimated to that type of activity. And you, when you're putting stress on your joints um, that you haven't had a chance to sort of work into that, then that's when you see a rash of injuries occur. Hey, uh, we're seeing something a little different. I remember Bill Parcells did it a few times where we're seeing teams who have high draft choices as far as quarterback is concerned find a set of plays for them to run just so they can get on the field in that first year. Uh, I, I like it. I think it also is an indicator that the college game is closer to the pro game than the pro game might want to admit. And now kids are a lot more prepared to go out and, and execute a half dozen, maybe 10 plays in their own little personal playbook. Uh, and, and I think it's good for the game because, you know, to have a guy just stand there and not get his feet wet doesn't do anybody any good because you can only watch so long. And, and then when it's time to execute, you got to be ready to go. And when you're standing on the sidelines, as much as you try to get engaged, uh, it, it's harder. And I think the way to do that is you know that you're going to have opportunities uh, and you're going to take reps actually during the game. I think it is beneficial. I mean, much like what Chicago's doing with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Um, I think it's smart. We know that Justin Fields is, is the heir apparent. He's eventually going to be the starter, and it may come later this year. Um, so getting him into the game, allowing him to make plays, allowing him to become familiar with his uh, offensive teammates, I think does uh, prepare him a lot sooner. It prepares him mentally more than anything. Mm-hmm. Gives him that confidence so that when he takes the reins full time, he's going to be ready. Um, and the, the college game, it, it certainly is. I mean, quarterbacks have uh, been elevated uh, to star status in college uh, simply because there are more NFL coaches that are stepping down, getting more experience, uh, coordinating offenses, coaching quarterbacks on the collegiate level. I mean, Alabama's last three starting quarterbacks are all NFL starting quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen Hurts, now with the Eagles, Tua Tungavailoa at the Dolphins, and Mac Jones is a starting quarterback as a rookie at the Patriots. And, and by the way, different coordinators they worked with as well. I, I mean, I, I find that fascinating that, that Nick Saban can bring in guys every other year and uh, nothing seems to change with regard to these kids being able to progress. Well, he's recruiting really, I think, superb 
high quality, high character guys at the quarterback position. Uh, probably not the easiest thing in the world to do, but uh, with, no matter who he has coordinating his offenses or coaching quarterbacks, those players are prepared. And they've all had uh, a big level of success uh, at Alabama. You know, you just look at that uh, Hurts and, and Tua situation. You know, when, when Jalen Hurts was benched and Tua came in, uh, you know, Tua performed very well. But when, you know, uh, Tua got hurt, who did they turn to? Jalen Hurts, who came in and performed really at the same level. Uh, maybe he got the hook a little too soon, uh, especially with all the talent they have around him. But uh, nonetheless, any of those guys are, are to me well situated to be in, in those positions that they are right now. And they're, they're NFL ready. And you're, you're starting to see uh, more college football programs turn their focus to the quarterback position because if you don't have a good starting quarterback, a guy that can, A, make yep. the throws and lead your team, uh, you're going to be a mid-league team. And, and, and that's the trend. Even look at Missouri. Connor Bazelak is a guy, once he has all those weapons that elevate around him, he can make those throws. Uh, it's going to take more repetitions, but he's got, he's got what it takes up here to make physically he's there. Uh, he just needs more opportunities. A, you need a defense that can get off, get off the field and, then get, and get the, give you more chances on offense. Exactly. Um, and, and, but I think they're going to get there. All right, we'll take a break, our final break, and come back. Final thoughts from Howard Richards as we huddle up with Howard after this. St. Louis Acura is excited to announce the opening of our newly remodeled service lounge. We sell pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models and take pride in servicing what we sell. We offer free pickup and delivery service and a complimentary car wash and vacuum with every service. We also have a full-service reconditioning shop on-site that can repair dents, bumpers, and wheels. As the nation's only 29-time Acura Precision Team winner for customer satisfaction, we work every day to make St. Louis Acura better than ever for you. All right, our final segment with Howard Richards. Final thoughts from you, sir. Any game other than the Missouri game you should you want to keep an eye on? Well, at the collegiate level, uh, there are some interesting matchups. Uh, Alabama, Florida. Uh, that that game will be in Gainesville, and uh, for some, that you know that'll be a, a preview. Could be a preview of the potential SEC championship game. Uh, with the presumptive SEC East champions either being Florida or Georgia. Um, so that game will uh, – it's an early uh, contest in week three of the football season that a lot of people have their eyes on. Uh, an old Big 12 matchup, if you will uh, – well, current Big 12 matchup, but it seems to be old. Um, uh, well, actually, it's not a current Big 12 matchup. Uh, OU and Nebraska. Uh, that should be yeah. uh, an easy cakewalk for, for OU. Uh, but still, it should get a lot of attention just from a historical standpoint. You know, uh, having a lot of fans that show up uh, be a sea of red or, or crimson, if you will, if you're an OU fan. Uh, but but I expect OU to uh, handle them easily. Texas A&M um, is it's a team that you've got to watch. They lost their quarterback to a broken leg. You know, how do they – rebound how does it affect them down the road in the sec west um cincinnati and indiana cincinnati is a team yeah. that you know we now know is going to join the big 12 uh, i think they're ranked number seven or, or close to number eight i don't know where they are exactly but i like that program uh one of my 
Dallas Cowboys teammates as a son on that team. Uh, Drew Donnelly was a wide receiver, was a state champion track star in, in uh, Texas. And this kid can flat out fly. And once he gets his ball catching uh, skill sets, he's going to be one of those guys, if you put him in a slot receiver position, uh, he's going to cause a whole lot of damage once he gets his college football sea legs on him. Hey, what about Luke Fickle? Um, this is a guy who's taken that program. And I'm of the belief if they don't stub their toe, Howard, they're going to be hard to be shut out of the final four teams as far as the playoff opportunity is concerned. Uh, the former AD at Cincinnati, as you mentioned earlier, is now at USC. You got to think that they got to kick the tires on this guy considering what he was able to do to go into a Cincinnati, which really wasn't well known for football. Brian Kelly kind of put him on the map. But uh, Luke Fickle has taken them to another level, and he's found good teams to play. So it, it's more of a credible program than maybe some would give credit to. No doubt. I, I believe his name surfaced um, before Missouri hired Eli Drinkwitz. Um, so don't know why he wasn't either a viable candidate or maybe he just didn't uh, want to come to Missouri. Uh, maybe he knew that uh, the AD that's now at uh, – yeah at SC was going there and maybe he'd get an opportunity if Clay Helton didn't work out. He could also be a viable candidate out there uh, for the USC job. Um, but he has, he has quietly uh, elevated that program into, to me, a, a team that's a perennial strong team, you know, a top 10 team. Uh, and, and I think if, if, if the college football playoff committee is doing its job well, if they need to take a broader look uh, at the teams that they're evaluating. And to me, it just, I don't know how you can continue to keep that playoff at only four teams because they're, it, it, the quality of the rest of the teams that are in and out of the top 10 is just that much better. I agree. All right. Well, another edition of Huddle Up with Howard has come to an end. Howard, I'm looking forward to chatting. We got a lot of things to talk about, especially with Missouri going into Boston College next week. That's one for sure. Some NFL games. By the way, the Dallas Cowboys, they lose two people in a practice. They lose Ware, and they also lose Leon Lett. I mean, you, you talk about when it rains, it pours, and going out to San Diego, that's not going to be an easy task for them. So I, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that they pull it out. I'm going to take San Diego this weekend, but I'm going to always keep an eye on the Cowboys. Yeah, losing D-Law for, I think, six to eight weeks to a broken foot. Uh, who's going to be the next guy to step up? Uh, pass rushing that new defense uh, of Dan Quinn is is, is paramount. Yep. Uh, they've got to be able to get it done. Uh, Justin Herbert is a rising star yeah, exactly. the he, in, in San Diego. He can get it done flat out. Uh, they also have Larry Roundtree, who uh, in his debut as a as a supporting cast member in the running back position, did some really, really good things. You know he can block. He's got the attitude. Uh, so I want him to do well. I don't want him to do well uh, this week against the Cowboys. But, uh, he got 16 got more weeks to be team. good. Yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You. They've got some talent on that San Diego team. And they do. They careful. really do. The game's in San Diego or it'll be in Los Angeles, of course. Uh, and they've got to, you know, you don't really want to go over to. It makes it that much more <clears> difficult. No, it makes it real hard. All right, that's Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for checking us out here at Huddle Up with Howard right here on ClavesOnline.com.